Hey friends, and welcome to episode 86 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is the second part in a three-part series all about putting things off, doing things later, and getting around to it at some point. Procrastination. Procrastination is one of the most frequently requested topics, and because I found so much while digging into the subject, I decided to split up what could be one huge episode into three easily digestible parts. Last week in episode 85, I shared five things you should know about procrastination. And if you haven't tuned into that one yet, you might want to press the pause button, hop over to episode 85, and then come back. Knowing those five things in episode 85 will really set the stage for what we're covering today in episode 86, which is why. Why exactly do we procrastinate and what can we do about it? So today, in part two, we're talking about self-control and motivation and how they fit into the procrastination equation. I'll share five questions you should ask yourself whenever you feel like putting something off. You'll also learn three strategies for knocking something off your to-do list without even doing it. And yes, that is a real thing. And finally, I'll walk you through some of the most common reasons why we procrastinate and what to do next. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. Don't worry, I got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes, including a list of those five questions we'll talk through, plus links to any of the resources I'll mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 85. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click that follow button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find it's about time in the search results, which helps us spread the message of banning busy as a badge of honor. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Why do we procrastinate? I'm going to cut to the chase. In a nutshell, we procrastinate when negative factors outweigh our self-control and motivation. I'm going to say that one more time. We procrastinate when negative factors outweigh our self-control and motivation. Okay, so imagine a scale, not the flat kind you step on in the bathroom, but a balanced scale like the scales of justice with a little basket situation on each side that tips based on which side is heavier. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about, right? You can picture this. 
So my little girl, Camilla, actually got a really cute scale like this in a recent Love Every Play Kit. It's a wooden balance scale with two little metal buckets on each side. And we'll put beans and rocks and other random things in the buckets to try to make the scale balance without tipping one way or the other. So I could go on and on about Love Every Play Kits. It's a subscription service for age-appropriate Montessori-style learning-based toys, but I won't because we've got to get on with this episode. But I will include a link for you to learn more about Love Every in the show notes. All right, so the scale. Let's call this the getting stuff done scale. And on one side of the scale is self-control and motivation. And I know you know this, but just for the sake of being thorough, Let's run through a couple of definitions just to make sure we're on the same page. Self-control is the ability to regulate one's emotions, thoughts, and behavior in the face of temptations and impulses, your ability to control yourself. And motivation is the reason why we act or behave in a certain way. So on the other side of the scale, you'll find negative factors like anxiety, fear of failure, unpleasantness of the task, exhaustion, boredom, etc. Negative factors are all the reason why we don't want to do something. And if the negative factors outweigh the self-control and motivation, you'll be more likely to procrastinate. But If self-control and motivation are stronger than the negative factors, you'll be more likely to do what you need to do. It's like a scale. So here's an example. Picture this. Your alarm goes off at 6 a.m. and you use your self-control to get out of bed. Your motivation for getting out of bed is that if you don't, you might be late to work. If you're late to work, you might get in trouble and lose your job. If you lose your job, you might experience a lot of other negative changes in your life. So that's a pretty serious motivation. On the other side of the scale are the negative factors. Getting out of bed sucks. Being in bed is more comfortable than being out of bed. You're tired. So let's compare the two sides of the scale. On one side, getting in trouble for being late, possibly losing your job, versus the other side, where you're tired. You might want to procrastinate getting out of bed, hit the snooze button, sleep in, but your self-control and motivation are stronger than the negative factors involved. In that case, your self-control and motivation win. Boom, you get out of bed. But here's another example. You need to change your name on your checking account. You got married, you have a new last name, and now the name on your debit card and your checks doesn't match the name on your ID. But you don't even use this checking account that often anymore, and you're not exactly writing a ton of checks these days, so it honestly doesn't affect much. Your motivation is that it would be nice for everything to match just in case there's ever an unexpected issue. Now, the other side of the scale, the negative factors. It's an unpleasant task. You actually have to go inside the bank and meet with someone to change your name. You've got to go during regular business hours, which is when you have work to do. You have to take your wedding certificate, alternate forms of ID, and fill out some forms. You'll probably even have to wait in line. Ugh. So for me, 
the negative factors, in this case, the unpleasantness of the task, outweighs my self-control and motivation, which is why Scott and I will be celebrating our fifth wedding anniversary in August, and my checking account still has my maiden name on it. I just don't feel like dealing with it. There are exceptions to this equation. There are always exceptions. But for the most part, this is why we procrastinate, because the negative factors outweigh our self-control and motivation. But the cool thing is that just like Camilla and I can add more beans or toy cars to her little love every buckets to tip the scale in the other direction, there are things you can do to tip your scale in the direction of getting stuff done. But first, you've got to get to the bottom of why the scales are uneven to begin with. So here are five questions that you should ask yourself when you want to procrastinate. Asking yourself these five questions will help you figure out which side of the scale needs a boost so you can move forward and get stuff done. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. And while I'm walking you through each of these five questions, I want you to think about something that you're currently procrastinating. And while I'm walking you through each of the five questions, I want you to think about something that you're currently procrastinating, whether it's going to the dentist, finishing a project, starting a project, cleaning out the garage, or just something else that's been sitting on your list. You ready? Okay, here we go. 
First off, and this one might surprise you, I want you to ask yourself, do I even need to do this thing at all? Seriously, do I even need to do this thing at all? Whenever I work with time management coaching clients to pare down their overwhelming to-do lists, I like to start by having them do a total brain dump, getting everything out of their heads and on paper. Honestly, I prefer to call it a mind sweep. The word brain dump just irks me. So mind sweep, getting everything out of their heads, sweeping the cobwebs out of their heads and getting it on paper. Then after everything is on paper, we go through the list and slash 10%. 10%. Seriously, once you really start thinking about what you could do or want to do versus what you should do or must do, You start to realize that there are things on your to-do list and in your brain that are taking up precious real estate. So really, is this thing that you're procrastinating, is it really necessary? Or is it necessary that you are the one to do it? Instead, is it something that you could eliminate, automate, or delegate? Can you eliminate it altogether by removing it from your list, never to worry about it again? Is it possible that this thing that you're procrastinating isn't something that needs to be done at all? Maybe you've been procrastinating organizing all of your appliance user manuals. You know, those little booklets that come with your stand mixer, your washing machine, your vacuum cleaner, whatever. You have this idea that you're going to put them in a binder in clear sleeve protectors in alphabetical order. How about this instead? Just don't. In fact, throw them all away or recycle them. You know what I mean? It's it's not uncommon for us to feel bad for putting something off that doesn't even really need to be done at all. These days, nearly all users' manuals can be found on the manufacturer's website in PDF form. Toss the paper manuals and your dreams of organizing them. It's just not necessary. And I know that this is kind of a specific example, but you catch my drift. If it doesn't need to be done, just don't do it. There's enough on our plates that actually has to be done. So if you can't eliminate it altogether, can you automate it? Automate it by putting it in a system, a template, or a checklist. And automation doesn't have to be complicated. If you find yourself procrastinating paying bills because it's boring and you hate looking at your bank account balance, can you set yourself up for auto draft? If you procrastinate adding to your emergency savings fund, can you automate a monthly bank transfer? If you're procrastinating creating a proposal for a potential client, could you create a template for your proposal so in the future, all you have to do is copy, paste, and customize? If you're procrastinating finding flights for an upcoming trip because you hate comparing flights, can you set up a search and get email alerts on price changes through a booking website? There might be a way that you can take this thing you frequently procrastinate, set it, and forget it. And if you can't automate it, can you delegate it? Instead of procrastinating organizing your playroom or cleaning out the garage, could you hire someone to help you or completely do it for you? If we hadn't hired Sarah West from South Coast Organizers to help us unpack and organize after our move in February, my family would probably still be living out of boxes. These days, you can hire someone to help with just about anything, from writing your website to cleaning out your closet to assembling an impossible piece of furniture from Ikea. 
And hiring someone doesn't even have to be complicated. Basically, when you start off by asking yourself, is this thing I'm procrastinating even necessary? Basically, when you start off by asking yourself, is this thing I'm procrastinating even necessary? You start to think critically about just how important it is and whether you can get it off your plate by eliminating it, automating it, or delegating it. So if you can't eliminate, automate, or delegate it, let's move on to question number two. What's my motivation here? And of course, that always makes me think of overly dramatic actors yelling at a director between takes. What's my motivation here? Since we know that on one side of the scale is motivation and self-control, and the other side is negative factors associated with doing the thing, let's start with why. Why do I need to do this thing that I'm procrastinating? Why is it important? What will happen if I don't do this thing? What will happen if I do follow through? Sticking with our getting out of bed example from earlier, if you don't get out of bed when your alarm goes off at 6 a.m., you might be late for work. You don't want to be late for work, so you get out of bed. Boom. Sometimes jogging your memory about why it's important is all the boost you need to get started and make it happen. So when you find that you're procrastinating, ask yourself why you need to do this thing that you're procrastinating. But sometimes your motivation at face value just isn't enough to get yourself to take action. Which brings us to question number three. How can I amplify my motivation to take action? We amplify that motivation by digging a little deeper. And that looks like asking why just a few more times. So just like our example from earlier about getting up when your alarm goes off, you're motivated to get out of bed so you're not late for work. But eh, it's not that big of a deal if I'm late for work just this once, right? It'll be fine. Well, Being late for work has some pretty dire consequences when you dig a little deeper, like this. Get to work late once, get a warning. Get to work late again, get in trouble. Get in trouble, lose your job. Lose your job, lose your income. Lose your income, lose your ability to provide food, shelter, and clothing for yourself or your family not to mention the stress, anxiety, health issues, and more that come from loss of income and the inability to provide. Getting to work late once could turn into a total disaster. So at the root of it, your motivation for getting out of bed when your alarm goes off is much more than just getting to work on time. It's to provide for yourself or your family. Sometimes digging a little deeper and amplifying your motivation is the key to taking action and tipping the getting stuff done scale in the direction of taking action. But let's look at the other side of the scale for question number four. What are the negative factors holding you back from taking action? A lot of time when we're in procrastination mode, we know we don't want to do something, but we don't take the time to really think about why we don't want to do it. We'll call ourselves lazy and get down on ourselves for not doing the thing that we need to do. Instead of jumping to lazy, ask yourself, 
okay, what's really holding me back here? What am I avoiding? Fear, fear of failure, fear of success, and anxiety are all common reasons why we put things off. Maybe you'll finally make that doctor's appointment and get the bad news that you were afraid of. You haven't submitted your grad school application because you're afraid you'll get rejected. Or you're afraid you'll be accepted and then you won't be able to handle school on top of your existing responsibilities. Maybe it's overwhelm, which can come in different forms. Maybe it's the task itself that feels totally overwhelming and huge and you don't know where to start. Or you're so overwhelmed with everything on your plate and filling the pages of your calendar that you feel frozen like a deer in headlights. Or it could be that you don't know how to start because you don't really understand the project. Maybe you've been given vague instructions or you haven't clearly defined the end result you're seeking. Without knowing what done looks like, it's hard to define the first step, much less the milestones along the path to success. You could be really tired, and when you get to the end of the day, you just don't have the energy left to finish that last thing on your to-do list, so you put it off for tomorrow. And then the exact same thing happens the next day, and this item on your list starts collecting dust and eating at you because you haven't done it yet. It could be that you're procrastinating something that's totally boring or just annoying to deal with, like how I'm putting off changing my name on my checking account. Or maybe the task feels unfulfilling. It's something you don't really care about, but you've got to get it done to fulfill a work responsibility or a promise you made to someone. Being honest with yourself and getting crystal clear about why you're procrastinating, identifying those negative factors, that's going to get you closer to figuring out a solution and taking action. Which brings us to question number five. Once you know why you're procrastinating, once you've identified the negative factors or factor involved, ask yourself, how can I adjust those negative factors? Yeah, what can we do to make those negative factors just a little less negative? Maybe we can't eliminate them altogether, but how can we make this a little less scary, a little more enjoyable, a little more understandable? a little easier, a little more fun, a little less boring, or a little less overwhelming. When amplifying your motivation, like we did in question number three, isn't enough to push us forward, making some adjustments to those negative factors, that's the key to unlocking action. That's it. That's the key. Now, I would love to spend the rest of this episode diving into all of the different ways that you can make things that you're procrastinating less scary, more enjoyable, more understanding, a little easier, more fun, less boring, or less overwhelming. But it would take me another 30 minutes to share strategies in a meaningful and actionable way. But have no fear, my procrastinating friends, because that's exactly what you'll find in episode 87. Now that we understand the procrastination equation and we know that we've got a tip scale towards self-control and motivation, in episode 87, I'm covering exactly how you can blast through the most common reasons why we procrastinate, specifically 
five ways to stop procrastinating and start getting things done. From overwhelming to manageable, from boring to fun, from scary to no big deal, from to do to done. Make sure you tune in to episode 87 for part three, the last episode in our three-part series on procrastination. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 86. And before I go, I'm going to run through those five questions you can ask yourself one last time. First, do I even need to do this thing at all? Second, what's my motivation here? Third, how can I amplify my motivation? Fourth, what is the negative factor or factors holding me back? And number five, how can I adjust those negative factors to make them a little less negative? All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week in episode seven with five ways to stop procrastinating and start getting things done. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.